0: and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fensky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Shaka Bahada, the COO and co-founder of CypherSkin. Shaka, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: So let's, let's begin, you know, simple enough. Uh, could you give an overview of, you know, give an explanation of what your company CypherSkin is and really more specifically your Cypher mesh technology.
1: Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, so, so CypherSkin, we are a data company uh, at our core. We've been incorporated since 2017. Uh, currently we're a full stack, uh, company. So we build hardware, software, and structured data. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, where we have, uh, where we sit uh, currently is in uh, one specific space, uh, what we call recovery and performance. Uh, But before I go into into more detail about the the product itself, so there's the the hardware component, which is essentially a data collection device. It's called the BioSleeve, uh, which measures uh, range of motion uh, of the upper arm, so both the shoulder and elbow joints. We collect information on, on the range of motion there, plus uh, measuring biometrics. Uh, so that's heart rate, oxygen saturation, uh, and skin temperature. Uh, we also have a, a leg, what we call a leg sleeve, leg compression sleeve, that also measures range of motion uh, and measures heart rate. Uh, and so, uh, you know, where we sit uh, in, in the general wellness market is, again, in recovery and performance. Uh, our target customers are uh, physical therapy companies, uh, orthopedic hospitals, orthopedic clinics, et cetera. So, mm-hmm you know we don't sell directly uh to to end users uh we're a we're a, a b2c uh model uh, if you will uh so just to just to kind of circle back uh to what our core technology is and so i'll be able to talk a bit about about what the cipher mesh is so our ip uh we now have uh you know when we were incorporated in 2017 uh that was based on the back of one patent that was issued uh, in late 2016, uh, mm-hmm. and it was around this idea of wrapping an object—any object doesn't have to be a human being, doesn't have to be a you know uh, any sort of organic matter. Uh, so wrapping an object in a uh, in a repeating geometric pattern that is in the form of a flexible circuit system. Uh, That flexible circuit system is pushing power and data, uh, and that's important for for two reasons. One is uh, around capturing motion, okay? So as Mm -hmm. circuits are distorted around an object, there's a change in resistance that can be measured and plotted uh, as coordinates in a digital space, in a virtual space, right? And it's from there that we can measure motion. Uh, the second part of that is important because we're pushing power and data along this repeating geometric pattern, flexible circuit system. We can also plug in other sensors. Okay, uh, those other sensors can be object specific. So for a human being, we can plug in sensors that measure heart rate, right? We can plug in sensors that measure oxygen saturation, etc. And so why that is important is that this is a hardwired hardwired yet flexible system where you're pulling information all on the same system clock which translates into a data set that is uh, comprehensive and complete, has no gaps because it's hardwired. Okay, uh, So it's important to note that with our core technology uh, our IP is around the method, what we say, the method of data extraction, i.e., That means that we can make, quote, make our cipher mesh, you know, and the repeating geometric patterns could be circles, they could be ellipses, they could be triangles, diamonds, doesn't matter, okay? Uh, But what it means is is that uh, we are material agnostic, right? So we don't have to use copper wires. We can use conductive ink. We could use paint. We could use, you know, plastic. I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't matter for us. Uh, which provides a lot of versatility uh, in terms of uh, where we can expand in terms of uh, practical applications. So we're not material agnostic. We're not sensor agnostic. I'm sorry, we are sensor agnostic as well, meaning that uh, you know, we're, we're not a sensor company where we are developing sensors, right? So the, the, the core of that tech around the, the repeating geometric patterns and distortions in, in, in circuit segments measuring motion uh, you know th- that that in and of itself is a is a concept that's grounded in in uh, not even theoretical physics but physics itself. It's called freedom and constraint topology. And and although I have a although I have a degree uh, in in medicine, I do not have a degree in in engineering. So I won't uh, I won't uh, make myself sound sound stupid or or say the wrong mm-hmm. thing. My co-founder. Uh, Phil is, is the mathematician and, and, and physics guy who could go into exhaustive detail if you want to uh, about how all of this works um, so we're, we're so we 're not sensor agnostic the the sub what we call subsensors that we use uh, we use with uh, in, in partnership with uh, with with third parties uh, and we 're not energy uh, we 're not tied to any sort of energy source we 're not tied to uh, uh, any sort of um, how you say, uh, uh, radio as well, so we can use Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, SATCOM, right. FM. It doesn't matter uh, for us. So backing out of that, so that's our mesh, and our mesh can look uh, uh, look different depending on what the object is that we are measuring. Okay, so that's the, the cipher mesh technology uh, in, a, in about a five-minute uh, explanation by someone who's not an engineer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It certainly sounds it certainly sounds like an interesting innovation. Yeah, it, um, yeah it's, it's so nuts. I was just going to ask: Is the textile so that the textile itself is more proprietary to you, or is even the can even the textile that's being used uh, vary based on the application area?
1: Oh, that yeah, that's a terrific that's a terrific question, uh, and, and thank you for clarifying. So. Uh, the, the, it is the latter. So, in terms of textiles, you know, Phil always wants me to say that you know, we computerize textiles, right? So, for example, with our bio sleeves, that are, are basically athletic compression sleeves that are made out of the same material that you would find in a Nike sleeve or Under Armour or what have you. Uh, you know, we source ours from Joanne Fabrics, but uh, but essentially, we're computerizing that textile. So, you know, where we want to go. Uh, in in the near future, is look hey we have we've built we we've built this product uh, uh, this sleeve we're going into leggings eventually we're going to build be building shirts uh, and you know we now have from that first patent now we have nine patents and another twelve yes. in process all around this central idea right and you know anyone can write a patent few uh, a few of them get it granted and then even fewer than that actually take the patent that they've written uh, and, and make it into reality. And that's what we've done, right? We are proving that this thing can exist in the world. Uh, and we are more than happy uh, to license the cipher enablement of stuff, of other textiles, of other products, right? That's the direction that we're going. So we can so, utilize textiles.
0: Yeah, so it definitely seems like, I mean, if I understand correctly, it seemed like the software – Side of it is more the proprietary side and while you require the hardware side to interface with your your digital solution it seems like the hardware that that's used is really uh, not dependent on it's more dependent on the application than it is on your technology it sounds like the hardware is is, you know is very interchangeable and it's really the software that's driving it is that accurate
1: Not exactly. So I think that it's 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 that with with the hardware and computerizing these textiles and the way in which we arrange uh, uh, the 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 data collection in a hardware that is part of the secret sauce, right? That's part of the IP that's that that is protected. But you're absolutely right, which and I did not mention the software, which I should have. So how we are managing uh, the 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 coordinates in a virtual space and, and virtualizing the the physical world. Uh how we're managing that data uh and visualizing that data is in fact proprietary that is part of our secret sauce as well. So 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 yes you're right but also that let, let's not uh you know deemphasize the 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 core tech that wraps around an object in the hardware. But yeah, All right.
0: Okay, great. So so I know you mentioned, you know, that this, this can be used, uh, beyond, beyond healthcare, but within the healthcare space, you know, what are some of the application areas where this really, uh, proves beneficial?
1: Uh, so, so first it's in, uh, uh, rehab and recovery. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. our first, uh, our first market, uh, the, the, the we are in. So, you know, you know, We we have developed a a product application that does not require computer-aided vision, that does not require a special room, does not require a special lab, uh, where it's essentially computerized clothing that you put on and you can measure stuff. You can measure uh, joint health uh, in the form of a proxy signal, which is the range of motion of uh, affected joints, okay? Uh, And so, why is that helpful? Why is that valuable? So... Uh, there's, there's a combination of factors here. One is, uh, uh, and, and, and due to, due to macro, uh, <laughs> macro events such as COVID, uh, that folks don't want to go into facilities anymore.
0: Right. Uh, they
1: don't want to go into their PT. Uh, they're, they're scared and afraid. And even though vaccines are, are rolling out at a, at a terrific clip now, people are still worried about going back into healthcare facilities. And that, conclu- that includes PT facilities, orthopedic Mm hospitals, et cetera, right? So that's that's the first part. I would say that the second is is that with physical therapy uh, and and that market in and of itself, uh, historically, uh, reimbursements uh, have declined uh, over time, uh, Mm -hmm. and there's a combination of factors, which I I won't certainly bore you with today, but uh, part of it is, uh, that when you're when you're measuring range of motion uh, for for a joint, currently we use uh, 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 equipment that's called a goniometer. A goniometer is basically a plastic protractor uh, that we use to to look at joint angles. Uh, it's it is uh, widely accepted that it is not accurate. Uh, that hmm. there is a lot of error. Uh, just with one operator, and then interoperator error is even higher. So, you know, uh, if I were to use a goniometer, and I used to in another life when I was a when I was a physician, I used uh, I, I moonlit at a at an occupational health clinic uh, in California, and uh, using that goniometer, sometimes I used it wrong. Sometimes I I, I saw the wrong number, uh, and I would write right. that down on a piece of paper, and then eventually put it into a, an electronic medical record. Uh, and so there were there were plenty of opportunity for human error uh, and inaccuracies in, in that data collection. Uh, and you know, I think the, the last study that I read about this, was years ago, I think the, the operator error was around six to eight uh, percent, wow. and then between operators it's like ten to fifteen percent. I mean, we're talking wow. about uh, you know in healthcare we always we, we tend to assume that when we measure a thing that it's it's fairly accurate. Right, Right. and like that's just not the case. Uh, And so, how does that how does that relate to uh, to reimbursement? Well, insurance companies are saying, "Look, you all are putting in uh, as proxy signals for uh, for progress these range of motion uh, uh, measurements." But you and I all know that goniometers are not that accurate, so we can't really rely on this objective data that you are submitting for billing. Right? And mm-hmm. so now PTs are in a conundrum. Right? Where do they find a reliable, accurate, uh, uh, and precise measurement tool for the primary signals that they use to get reimbursed? Right? So there are, there are other uh, competitors in the market that, that do a variety of different things. There's some laser goniometers, there's, uh, there's folks that use uh, computer aided vision. Uh, you know, but but the market hasn't settled on anything yet. But what we're saying is, how about we do this? How about you just put on some clothes, right? Uh, and you don't need to be near a computer screen. You can be on top of a mountain doing this. You could be in front of a physical therapist uh, 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 going through your evaluations and your interventions, and all of that is being recorded in real time, and it's accurate. Uh, right. you know, we did some internal validation ourselves against uh high speed uh, uh, motion capture cameras uh you yeah, know that was that was expensive to rent by the way um, <laughs> and and uh, uh, and compared our measurements versus uh versus that system, and we were two percent off wow, two percent all right less than two percent so so we know uh that we've got uh, a, a tool that is way better. Uh, then what is the gold standard today? So right. so that's so that's rehab recovery performance. And so you know we could go on and on about the different uh, uh, adjacent uh, uh, markets, if you will. I'm using quote trainers here. Uh, adjacent markets in performance, whether that's high high performance sports athletes, or whether it's uh, you know ultra marathon training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because the thing is, is that we don't need uh, to be tethered to a device to continue to record this information, right? So, right. again, part of that secret sauce on the hardware side is that we have this, this sensor system uh, it, uh, uh, c- that computerizes this textile, but on top of that, there's a processor uh, that records that information and organizes that, the, that motion data and, and biometrics on the sleeve itself,
0: Wow. Right. And it's
1: not that bulky it's not that bulky stuff that you see with other motion capture wearable technology companies. We shrunk this stuff down, my man. Right. Uh you look at you look at these sleeves and they look like any athletic sleeve that you would pull off of a shelf. Right? And we're continuing to get smaller and smaller and smaller and, and less uh uh conspicuous. Okay? Uh and so processing is happening on on the sleeve itself, on the textile itself. And then once uh, you get a tether to a Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever radio it is uh, to a third uh, uh, to a third-party device like a cell phone or an iPad, then we send wireless packets uh, to that third-party device, and we also send through that internet connection up to the cloud, up to our database.
0: Right. right. So, it's, so it so doesn't have to be at the point of the point of capture. That is correct. Um,
1: you know that yeah, because Phil's vision is I should be able to put this on and climb up a mountain and then go back and see myself climbing up a mountain.
0: Right, right. See what the see what the measurements were for, for that action. Yeah. What uh now now obviously I don't want you to get in trouble with anybody, but I understand the Department yeah. of Defense <laughs> has some has some interest in the technology. You know, is there anything yes, you can share there?
1: Uh yeah, yes I can. Uh so so how does how should I say this? So uh so we have uh we have contracted with uh 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 folks within the Air Force, and this is no secret because we've talked about this before, uh, with Air Force Special Operations Command. We can't talk about uh the specific units that we're working with, uh, fortunately and unfortunately I guess. Uh but they have the same musculoskeletal complaints and issues. Uh, that folks on the civilian side do you know these guys get right. beat up uh, and gals as well get beat up out in the field, they need to rehab uh, we need to understand uh, where they at where they are at functionally uh, and not mm-hmm. through a subjective measure because you know uh, our 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 folks in the in the armed services uh, they are uh, they are tremendous believers in their duty to stay on duty, right? Right. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that out of 100 folks, probably all 100 would say, even if they were limping, I'm fine. I'll get back to it, right? And the thing is is that objectively they actually aren't fine uh, and they need support. And so the military is looking for an objective way to measure, uh, you know, functional status, Right, and they also want to be able to push rehab to folks out in the field, right? Uh, so that that's part one. The second part is for, for Air Force in particular, uh, is that you know they are uh, part of their their training and operations involves being uh, at high altitudes, right? Necessarily, and so mm-hmm. they uh, uh, have a challenge with maintaining oxygenation. Uh, in their operators when they're going through either a training exercise or, or a, a full-on live mission, okay? Uh, and so that's what we call hypoxia, where there's uh, oxygen saturation that, that, that drops too low such that it impedes uh, cognitive functioning uh, and, and performance, okay? And so what we are doing uh, there is, is helping to solve uh, a hypoxia use case For Air Force, using our technology and our ability to to measure multiple things at the same time. Because it's not just that oxygen saturation uh, is, is dropping. That is one signal off of a complex object, which are human beings. There's a lot of other stuff that's going on as well. So you want to be able to measure multiple things at the exact same time, including oxygen saturation, to understand truly what is happening and why it's happening. And so that's where we that's what we provide unique value.
0: Right. That's that's fantastic sounds sounds like a really interesting uh use case and uh obviously there's there's a lot of potential there for for other areas of of military use oh, for uh, sure. you know in, in different departments. Um yeah. So I I think you know learning about this technology a little bit I, I think I can I can uh uh ex- I have an idea for the answer of the next question, but do you, you know, are there opportunities for future applications where this technology could be implanted, where it's being used to uh, perhaps measure, you know, uh, a measurement of of lung activity or, you know, mm-hmm. heart or, th- you know, th- internal yeah. use?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and and hopefully I don't get in trouble, but... Uh, so there are, there are two ways to look at that. Uh, the first way, uh, I will say is, is, is much more practically realistic, uh, in, in current times. Uh, and the second is, uh, much more, I think, futuristic, but I think doable, but it would take, I think it would take some time. So the Mm -hmm. first is, uh, Yes, could we look at uh, internal organs uh, from the outside? Let's say that you know, and, and I think this goes back to answering uh, another part of your uh, question from before about other healthcare applications. So think mm-hmm. about uh, a a a form-fitting shirt that is long sleeve, right? Maybe there's a maybe it's a mock turtleneck-esque, right? And think about that that shirt being computerized with our technology, where we're able to measure. Uh, the the complex motion of both arms, uh, the chest and the torso, and the abdomen, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, And that we have also uh, integrated other subsensors, so like a 12-lead EKG, for example, Uh, 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 heart rate uh, monitors, right? Uh, Oxygen saturation uh, monitors as well, where we can also see the chest wall expand and contract as someone is breathing mm-hmm. and truly count their respiration rate, right? Like accurately using right, a shirt right. to do that. Uh, we can see po- uh, uh, postural position, but what would be really cool and some of the technology is, is starting yeah. to come out is ultrasound, right? So there are some companies out there that are, pro- uh, that are producing flat, flexible sensors that pull ultrasound signals, right? So think about embedding those sensors into that shirt as well, Well, where we can, quote, see lung lung function, uh, or sorry, lung movement. We can see heart movement, but embedding sensors such as ultrasound or maybe there's there's another fancy radiological uh, sensor that we could also embed into those shirts to see internal organs from the outside. Is that Mm -hmm. doable? Yes. Would that require a technological lift? Absolutely, right? I think it's doable. I think that that's in, in the future, certainly. Uh, Phil and I talk about that as the hospital gown of the future, right, where if something right. happens and I need to walk into the ER instead of, you know, waiting in the lobby <laughs> for someone to come see me or, you know, being wheeled in real quick and being, you know, hooked up to all of these different monitors and, uh, and with all these wires hanging off of me, instead you slip on a shirt. Uh, and it's pulling right. my vital signs. It's running. Uh, it's running radiological diagnostic tests uh, all at the same time, right? Uh, so that that's one component. The second uh, is: so could we go inside the body? My my uh, my reflexive answer is yes, with a caveat, right? So again, our technology isn't tied to any material. It isn't tied to any specific sensor. Uh, or energy source, right, if there was a material that was developed that we could use as a form factor to let's say wrap around a lung, although that would be you know mechanistically probably somewhat challenging, very challenging, uh, yes, the answer is yes, right could we wrap this around uh, the, the the small intestine? With a material that uh, wouldn't cause the the intestines to uh, necrose and die, or to get an infection, but we could we could watch, uh, well, we can monitor peristaltic activity. The answer is yes. Quite frankly, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is that I, is that is that a is that a thing that we could do in five years? Probably not. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that would require a, a heavy lift uh in terms of r and d and uh and uh and clinical trials and you know we have to start with animals and then move our way up into human beings so that's a that's a decade long uh a project but I think that it's something that's doable
0: and it uh, yeah it definitely when you really start thinking about it you start you know thinking about other other applications you know mm-hmm. uh uh you know bone you know broken bone or, you know, uh, maybe sure. implants and using it as a, yeah. a way to measure implants. And so, yeah, yeah definitely, sure. definitely a lot of applications there, potential yeah. applications.
1: Yeah. But, oh, yeah. You well, know, and on ortho side, ortho side is, is really, is really cool because these are, these are folks that are, are really pushing, pushing the frontier around uh, on, on what can be transplanted uh, for, for decades uh, in a human being, Right. And uh, and being able to monitor the, the health of those transplants uh, of those uh, of those implants would be tremendous. Uh, you know, we talked right. to a to a, a company. I can't talk about their name. They've, they've since been acquired by a much larger company uh, that that did uh, orthopedic sensing in, in, in knee replacements. And we talked to them mm-hmm. about, well, how can we uh, continue integrate our technology into continuing to monitor uh, the the health of that implant, ongoing forever. You know, like these are things that are possible. Right. We're just looking for the right partners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well. Best of luck with that. Um, unfortunately, that is all the time though we have for this episode of oh. Mystic Matter. I'd like to uh, I'd like to thank my my guest uh, for his insights on on Cipher Skin and the product Cipher Mesh, uh, and I'd also like to thank you, as always, the listener for for tuning in. So until next time, this has been. Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening.